0: I'm Hannah Bettany and this is the Good Day, Bad Day podcast. I am mum to three kids and carer for one of them and so on the side, I wanted a bit of fun for myself, something that I can just do for me and so rather than start running or something that probably would be very good for me, I have started a podcast. I love a podcast that feels like you're listening in on someone else's conversation, like you're joining friends for a chat. And so that is exactly what this is. I'll be using a simple phrase that we use with them at tea time that we chat to the kids about. I say good day, bad day. And when I say this, I know that the kids will start to share something that's been good or bad in their day. Only here it's a conversation starter to learn about the highs and lows of different friends that I will chat to, the good and the bad in people's lives and the hope that they have found through it. So for this one, the first one, I wanted to be able to share a little bit of who I am in case you don't know me or if you do then hopefully get to know me a bit better and so who better to talk to than the other half of me. Today, on the podcast, I have one of my favourite people, Lawrence Bettany, my husband.
1: You always tell me I'm your favourite person.
0: Well, I tell you that, but then there's other people that I tell you. You're definitely my favourite husband. <laughs> You're the only one I've got, had... <laughs> and, and therefore, home. you're my favourite.
1: Got a hurry
0: of them all. You're coming out on I'm the top. Number one, great. I'm number one. That's if good. the others are listening, I love you. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> so we've been married for eleven, twelve years. In 2011, we got married, um, but how did we meet?
1: I was uh, hosting a really cool Christian house party uh, in East Manchester where I lived in Openshaw with some, some guys that I live with.
0: Basically, he was not hosting a cool party. He, I was told there was a house party. I was 18, i just moved to Manchester and a friend of a friend was like, oh, I'm going to this house party. Now, I'm used to a house party being really fun. I grew up in Surrey, and um, people had, I'm not even going to say, like, people had nice houses, like, that's the thing, because people did, Um, and my dad was a vicar, and so we were really blessed to have an amazing house, and then, yeah, it, you know, it was wealthy where we were, and people had great parties, and there was a mix of People and houses, but why, why am I saying houses? I'm like worried right. to say that people had nice. You houses lived
1: in say. an affluent area, all right. Thanks. I was This house party was in a two-up, two-down <laughs> terraced house in East Manchester. And you, <laughs>
0: I'm used and to you, a swimming pool, okay? I am used to a swimming pool. If someone invites you to a house party, I have you know, been to good ones. <laughs> just a slight, When we first
1: visited where Hannah grew up in East Halls or West Halls, whoever it was, we're driving along this beautiful like millionaires <laughs> row.
0: He's
1: like, Oh, it's uh, so good to be back in the in the hood. <laughs> it's like, this is not the hood. Like, this is so far from the hood. Like, anyway. But yeah, our two up Don't two Don't hate
0: the player, hate the game, honey.
1: <laughs> two up, two down, radical house party. And we were playing. They were the-
0: sat around a little table on the floor playing Monopoly. So, really quickly, I realised this is not my kind of house party, but let's go for it. And so, I you took in- over,
1: you basically took over this confident young girl. And when you said 18, it made me think. I- that sounds dodgy, like I would invite 18-year-old girls to <laughs> Maybe I wasn't 18,
0: maybe I wasn't 18.
1: I think you were older, and also I was of a similar age. Yeah, obviously, why
0: does that make you feel weird? <laughs> because, we were both young.
1: Because I'm no longer 18. <laughs> <laughs> Just to clarify. It, we it was were all, both it, young. It was all I think people would not know that. <laughs> I, don't, don't. I don't know. <laughs>
0: anyway.
1: Just clarify, and you walked in you took over and you basically instigated this game of mafia Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it was um i was just like who is this girl who's this confident girl but
0: i worked at that time in prison and so um i was doing like a going around different prisons working um and we would do like music videos with the guys and um they would make raps and music and then i would do the drama side and so we would make like music videos with Just
1: tell them about guys the game. in prison Just tell them, we're not- and
0: therefore mafia was hardcore because you would be telling men in prison like how they died during this game so i was used to that and that was normal and then it's not really normal to do that to other people in a nice little house party and no, so a nice
1: little christian house party but also <laughs> so you brought all this gruesome gory detail but also what i didn't realize was that you're were- a great at drama and so you just owned the whole thing narrated it all I was like this girl this girl's cool I like it um even though you ruined Monopoly um but and still, then
0: after that most people left um there was a few up, people stuck around including my friend that had brought me and um we just, we, ended up ch- each we just started chatting didn't we and we liked each other and then so Lars um
1: at that point wait there a second I think I'd been, I was reading a book by Sarah de Cavallo called Street Children of Brazil, which mm-hmm. is because I'd recently got back from Burma. I was really passionate about like street kids and supporting orphans and all that kind of stuff. And so someone had given me this book um, and I was like, somehow got on chatting about this book that I was reading. And you, you said to me, oh, I'm in that book. Mm. And no, and I was like, what? I <laughs> in a like,
0: mm, I'm in that book. Yeah,
1: you always say that, but you did. You said, I'm in that book. I, I can like, sign
0: it for you if
1: you like. like. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, in the latest edition of that book, I mentioned, because I knew Sarah and I went out to Brazil and lived out there and worked with street kids in part of this organisation called Happy Child. And I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Like, what the heck?
0: She's the full package.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Carry on.
1: <laughs> but then after that, we, nothing really happened. Nothing
0: happens. happened. So yes. It
1: was just a kind of like it felt like a bit We a liked each moment. other,
0: a few things happened that meant that we just weren't into each At like that point. it wasn't right for either of us. And but so we, we became were friends. friends. And we really became... nice friends. And I'm glad that happened.
1: For a couple of years.
0: Um and then one New Year's Eve, I came to Loz's house for New Year with, again, some friends.
1: There was a, there was a group of people, not just her. Not just me.
0: like okay, how you're <laughs> scared of our story for some reason. <laughs> um, and you all,
1: you all stayed over in separate beds. <laughs> just, just to clarify for anyone listening.
0: Um, and the next morning, and sorry if this is like too much information for anyone. But the next morning I came on my Time of the Month time of the month. And so my tummy hurt. And I told my friend and I was like, sat on the sofa and I said to my friend, like, Oh, my tummy hurts so much, I can't believe this. Oh And then I realised that Loz was stood behind me and then I suddenly felt really embarrassed that he'd heard me saying about my time of the month. And then he just said, Oh, would you like me to get you some paracetamol and a hot water bottle? And I was like, yeah. And then he went off and I said to my friend, I will marry that man. And I was like joking slash also was like, he's hot. But the next new year...
1: We were married.
0: I've made that happen, honey. <laughs> I was married to him.
1: It, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because we were literally, it was just friends. And then it just felt like... I think we started going out in the... February. We started dating in the February... And we were married by the... the,
0: December. The
1: December, yeah. And it happened really quick, which was amazing. But yeah, that's kind of how we got together.
0: So that's how we met. But how did you meet Jesus? You know, a quick version.
1: A quick version. On my bedroom floor at University in Leeds so beginning in my final year lots of things had happened but i was in a pretty i'd say pretty dark place at that point in my life various things in terms of relationships that were just not healthy that i'd invested in and fallen apart and i would just come back from like like summer of glastonbury and Benicassine festival and and I, I, you know i was basically kind of just living for living for uh the thrills and love music and um very hedonistic lifestyle i'd say and it was obviously t- it's taking its toll on me and on my sort of mental health as well
0: you were also doing drugs
1: that's i was trying that's, that's what i was saying hedonistic yeah, right. lifestyle oh, is that what that means talking around oh, okay
0: yeah. <laughs> yes. basically you've had an absolute breakdown because you're on drugs and very living serious. mental life is <laughs> how I'd say it. But you carry on with your hedonistic <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> Making it sound nicer, that's what it is. It
1: wasn't. It was just, you know, <laughs> I'm
0: just thinking for
1: our viewers. For our
0: viewers.
1: Kind <laughs> <laughs> of make it more sense to. Yes. Anyway, yes, I was a waster and, <laughs> and a druggie, um, but a functional one <laughs> that was at university. But that doesn't matter. Um, and anyway, I just had this encounter on my bedroom floor. My mum and dad, my mum, bless her, had given me this Bible, this little NIV Bible the night before I'd gone to uni. And she'd just done a bit of Bible bingo and she'd opened up, I think it was Psalm 40, Psalm 41. And the top of it said, the Lord will protect him and preserve his life. So on the, so she just took that as a bit of a promise because she was worrying about me, her one of her children leaving home. Um, and I'd never really looked it up, but in this really dark moment, about two in the morning, I decided, well, one, it just felt like there was this battle going on around me. And I, I just felt like God had said, I need to choose. I need to choose. It was a choice. I needed to choose him. And I had a couple of what I'd call c- crossroad moments previous to this, where I hadn't chosen him and I'd carried on on the path. And, and that that is where it had gotten me to this sort of broken place anyway um cut long story short i opened this bible turned to this psalm and it was just like boom god was talking to me god through his bible it was real and i texted my dad 2 in the morning and i said you know are you awake and he was text back uh, and he called me and he led me to jesus and we just well prayed with me me and i asked jesus into my life and it was just such a massive turning point and transformation it, yeah, it must just,
0: have been so nice for your dad as well to get that call imagine that like if you were praying or hoping that one of your kids would just come back to know jesus and then you get the phone call that would be like oh, yeah so great
1: yeah i think it was it was significant and, and uh, it really healed your relationship our relationship, with your dad relationship as well, didn't yeah it? it wasn't great um because my dad had um, had a similar story coming to faith um in terms of drugs and stuff and he could see like the decisions i had been i was making my life were just not good ones so anyway yeah that's um, how you came to faith that's how i came to faith
0: and that's why you were in open shore because you moved in with your sister after uni and then we got together and on our first date you took me somewhere really lovely and expensive called albert's in did in manchester
1: castlefield yeah um and it was lovely. Albert Shed and we had Chateaubriand. We had a. We didn't mal-neck. really know what
0: we were doing, but.
1: And I was like, at the time, working for um, a, a motor finance company because I'd worked for a bank pot. But it was
0: also one of those things in saying for Chateaubriand, was Chateaubriand is where you share a steak and chips and it's like a meal fill it, for two people. Fill it steak. Really yeah. nice meat. I'd never had that before. I didn't I think know it was. What like that the was. most
1: expensive thing on the menu. Yeah,
0: but because you didn't realise that it was, it said PP, so it was per person. So the price looked a bit better, like no. you know, it looked. Yes, you did. I, I remember I, you fully being like.
1: I don't. <coughs> I, I contest that memory. I think I was. I was pulling out all the stops to try and impress you on mm. our first date. And It was. It was beautiful. It's lovely. It was but nice. I think, i was in a job where you could get monthly and quarterly and annual bonuses through Mm -hmm. various things so i had a bit more money (laughs) but during that date i kind of said to you that you know this this, will be the first and
0: last time
1: i take you here because i've just got a job as a youth worker for eden Eden project in east manchester
0: yeah so that's yeah being you were then a youth and community worker and I was still working in prison and then we got married. And well, The
1: irony is we have been back there quite a few times since.
0: Oh, yeah, it was definitely not the last time because <laughs> I wasn't going to allow that, was I? Um, well, yeah. that's where we went back actually when you proposed. Yeah. Um, which was nice. Well, the second time you proposed. <laughs> so the
1: first time I proposed was... Um,
0: in a McDonald's? A really, no way there. Okay. Well, build up well, to I'm Sorry, because... I've given it away now.
1: Really romantic hotspot in East Manchester between Dreams and McDonald's on the car park, but we would basically had an <laughs> argument. <laughs>
0: um, we had an be- argument in the car
1: because, and it resulted in me getting down on one knee, which is it's funny how that happened. But and I was oh,
0: it's like a rom com.
1: <laughs> it was, um, but it was the night of the Manchester riots, so it was like you know it was. Like it was kicking off in town, and all day we'd been texting back and forth. And loads of people were like, This is outrageous! We need to go into the Manchester City town mm-hmm. centre and and pray. Like pray over the streets and see if we can help anyone. And like, loads of people were up for it on this text. And then it was like six of us turned up,
0: yeah, if that.
1: So, like, yeah, it was like, Oh gosh, okay. So, we were, literally had people like robbing robbing shops
0: smashing the glass of like major you know like yeah. all the designer shops wasn't it right down there they were just it was at, i've never been in a situation that was that scary and like and
1: they were just like it was bandits. like end
0: of the world it was crazy is what it looked like didn't yeah. it people
1: were running past us the police were just couldn't really do anything they were just in formation like running around mm. i guess just trying to do something be a force
0: together but anyway. Um,
1: but anyway, we were able, able to help a couple quite a few people, mainly mainly international people that like couldn't get into their hotels because they'd been locked up. Or to they got lost them and then or... were just stuck
0: in this mental place. Yeah. So yeah, but we didn't stay there too long because I was scared. And then,
1: but we did pray. But we um, prayed
0: and we did what we felt God safe to do. And then yeah. it was just a shame that we weren't a force because not many other people did do it. But you anyway. You
1: were driving me home to drop me off, and I think on the way I was just like this girl is like puts her faith into practice and she i like i could like i just think she's brilliant and i think she's doing in prison and uh, you know I, I really like her and like her well I, I don't know i guess at that point i guess i was falling in love with you which is why i think
0: you had fallen in love with you. i had
1: fallen in love
0: with you <laughs> and... not to put words in your mouth <laughs> <laughs> You are absolutely
1: in love with me. I think you <laughs> <are>. <laughs> So I'd fallen in love with you and and even more I was like, this is the kind of girl I could marry because of what you you're like that you're willing to do and put you just, you know, go out there and and put yourself in a dangerous situation <laughs> with me.
0: But uh, that's not what got communicated. So that's what he's thinking in his head. So therefore, just sitting quiet, that's all what he's thinking in his head. And then that leads in his head to him thinking, oh, so then I'm, I'm going to marry this girl. So then we're going to live together. And then for me to live with her, I won't be living in the house that I live in in the minute. And I really like that house. And yet all that came out of his mouth was, if I marry you, I, go, I don't get to live with my mates anymore. And so for me, that was like an absolute...
1: Red rag to a You are. Well,
0: well, you don't have to marry me then, do you? Because s- sorry that you won't get to be with your precious friends anymore. Just let's end it now, though, if you think you want to be with your friends more than you want to be with me type thing. And so that was an argument. And then there was, some, there was a set of red lights. And I was like, you may as well just get out of the car now then if we're not going to be together. And then you were like, fine, and <laughs> did actually get out of the car. But it was the riots and so I didn't feel like I could actually just leave you there.
1: And you were scared of my sister. And
0: I was scared of your sister who was <laughs> lived just down the road. And I thought he'll go to her house and then she'll be like, Why would you leave him in Manchester in Ashton? Because it was going on everywhere. <laughs> anyway, so I pulled up and um
1: Which I knew she'd do. Yeah. And yeah. I knew she'd she wouldn't she wouldn't be able to leave me. So I, I walked up, strode up, and anyway, in that walk I was like, it's because I want to marry this girl and I want to spend the rest of my life with her. So I just, without any preparation, I didn't have a ring, nothing. I just got down on one knee at the side of the door and asked her if she'd marry me.
0: And I said, have you asked my dad? No. Have you got a ring? No. So I said, the answer's positive, but try again.
1: (laughs) So I did. I had to try again.
0: Okay, good day, bad day. So we've been married for just over a decade, and so we have a lot more learning to do. Um, But from the years so far, what would we want to start with? Shall we do bad day? Start with bad so that we end positively and we don't end up leaving this having too many arguments. (laughs) Um, So for you then, looking at our marriage, at our lives together, what has been, like, the hardest struggle or something that's been...
1: Where do I start?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, I think for us, as everyone's heard already, that we, we, we got married quite quickly. Um, and young. All, and young. I was um,
0: 21.
1: Yeah, and I was a couple of years older than you. But still, we were very young and it happened very fast. And, and although we had been friends for a couple of years... So that was, I think, we. I don't regret that, but I think we and we did some marriage prep in terms of like we did this court this thing. It was like an intensive weekend called engaged encounter, but I think nothing really. You don't know till no, you are living you. together. Yeah, yeah, and we were, we are very different. Like very different, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. We complement each other, but um i think what just kept happening in, in those like early months or years i would say is we just kept like trying to communicate to each other in in the way that we like to be communicated to or mm. loved each other in the way that we were hoping to be like receive like receive love mm. and and we've, we you know we're both quite stubborn people like you know you love confrontation. Well, you do not love confrontation, no. but you're up for confrontation. You're a bit of a riot. I'd rather
0: just get it sorted. I'm like, I cannot deal with the knot in your stomach. When in early
1: days, I was more of a hedgehog. You were
0: not. Yeah, you were absolutely like... I, and you would leave. You would walk, walk out of the house. Yeah. And I just couldn't deal with that. And, yeah, we really got to know each other just, and each other's quirks really quick. And I think even down to little things, like, because we're so different. So, for me, always at the weekend, for example, is like fun time. What are we doing? Where are we going? And I am all about quality time. So for me, showing love is that we hang out together, that we do stuff together, that we're together. And for Loz, he is an introvert more so, and with extrovert qualities, obviously.
1: But yeah, deep down, I think I I relax, I recharge by having time to myself.
0: And he would even, so for me, it was just wild because we'd get to the weekend, I'd be like, what are we doing? he'd be like, I just want to tidy round and then, yeah, read my book or just chill. And I'd be like, and then what? And then where? And then who? And then he'd be like, no, no, I'm good. And I'd be like, well, fine, I'll just go out with my mum then. And he'd be like, yeah, good idea. Yeah, go have fun with your mum. And I'd be like, you don't love me. absolutely every second of every day you don't love me do you think we should never have got married he'd be like you are i just want to read a book and then he'd be like that's... but i'd like you with me like i want you still in the house around
1: me we <laughs> just don't need to be we doing just don't everything need to be together doing. and i was literally
0: like what have i done <laughs> because he hates me and i'm very dramatic so it would it does come out like that
1: and it was yeah like everything you've just said just takes me right
0: i know you feel like you're in that house again (laughs) so those those early day
1: arguments that i thought started off so well and then it was like what exploded yeah but um yeah so it, it was it was just we were mismatching each other we were like not understanding each other's I guess what they call love languages don't they? Mm
0: -hmm. You know marriage we absolutely adore each other and are I am no doubt meant for each other and yet we're two human beings who have had our whole lives separate and then come together and I think for me it's really good that we knew we could ask for help and it Mm. took a bit for us to like Decide that, but I think to actually have other people and let other people speak into that was such a blessing to be able to,
1: yeah. And I would say I was definitely more reluctant to do that than you. Um, but I think I'd probably benefited more from it because <laughs> I, I think did find just, it a bit difficult. I think that, you thought they'd just agree with everything, yeah. I, I really
0: thought we'd go and they'd be like, Hannah is right, laws sort your life out. Yeah and I think we don't mind saying that we have asked for help and we have had help back in the day from the marriage course and from good friends then and then um, even more recently in uh, a couple of years back we again just needed some help and support through a really difficult time and reached out and some people from Glasgow Prophetic, um, an amazing couple really helped us um, and so we would definitely say to have a look at life languages. Um, and I don't know if we can get a link to that, but um, have a look at Deb Finch and see uh, love, life languages is one thing. And then the other is love languages. We would really, through that, recommend knowing your love languages and you can do that as like a free thing online you just google love languages because for us to understand that did change a lot and has done since so
1: yeah so we can like i can think back to a like particularly you a know, sunday one, a sunday argument that we'd had probably coming back from church yeah <laughs> and so and i we came back and what we did after was really interesting so we'd had the argument in the car we came back to the house Hannah sat on the sofa and started watching TV and I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll wash up and I will, um, like, make dinner, make lunch as a way of trying to reconcile with Hannah. And...
0: And I sat on the sofa and got blankets and put a movie on that we would both like and was just sat there waiting for him to come in and spend quality time with me and, and I was, touch me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I, I was doing an act of service because that is one of my like yeah, primary love ones. languages, which Hannah hates.
0: <laughs> I
1: hate it. So we were both trying to reconcile this argument using our primary love languages.
0: Instead of looking at what each other would want and thinking actually the way to help Loz in this would be actually if I made him a brew and kind of, you know, fed him and showed him that <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Me if I serve him (laughs) he's the worst one and then even though you're not meant to have worst ones and
1: I should have just uh, engaged Hannah in and, and sat with her and spent some time with her to make her feel loved and appreciated
0: yeah and so learning that and just knowing that about each other and I think it's massively changed now and we just know each other more and even like today is a Saturday and we know that we Can chill in the morning and enjoy... I mean, it's different now we have kids. I'm so much more up for chilling. (laughs) I'm so much up for, like...
1: But I know at at some point today you're going to want to go out and do do something. something, And I'm up for that. I enjoy that and I'm happy to do that. It's just...
0: And so we just have learned a lot of, like, compromise, but in a positive way. And I think our arguments, too, have become so much better. We're quicker to say sorry. I think that's been such a big thing for me It's just you almost get a bit like I just can't be bothered with how this will all play out and I don't want to hurt you I don't want you to hurt me as in with our words and I just think we're both a bit better at getting it sorted and part Mm. of that is that for me as well I know that with you I have to just say I don't want this to continue forever let's sort it out and then we can move on you know what are you sorry for what am I sorry for kind of thing and then we move on don't we and things don't linger as long and that all helps it to not feel as hard I think
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I agree
0: so away from the bad onto the good what is the goodness what's the goodness in our life where have we seen the good good vibes So for me, good day would be how we have supported each other through a lot of stuff. And obviously in being married, you go through different things and whether that's financial or health issues and stuff like that. And for us, we have. So we've been through a lot of house moves and quite early on in our marriage, um, I fell down the stairs and really hurt my back. And yeah. so really on in our marriage, the kind of in sickness and in health, kicked in when you had to dress me and help me in every way. Um, And I wasn't working, and I think that's when, really, I started getting a bit depressed for the first time, Mm. majorly. Um,
1: I think, as well, like you had a very intense job, and, you know, working with girls, very broken women in prison, and supporting them, but also you know you you were carrying a lot of that Mm. and I just remember we'd have long chats about that and yeah it was just a lot for you to be holding at such a young age I think
0: yeah and I think like you said I did carry a lot of that so I had back problems but then I also within prison something really awful happened and I had a kind of a bit of a breakdown really um definitely it was a breakdown and through that the first sort of weeks of that I couldn't even speak to anyone really apart from you and my mum and and yet you were someone that I wanted (laughs) to talk to thankfully in that time and I think that's it I think much as we joke like you are 100% my best friend and we have been through so much together and then as we've grown up we've decided to have children and that's not not been like the simplest route and we can maybe talk another time about how our children have all came to be not (laughs) Not in too much detail we can have a whole lot of pod that's a different podcast um (laughs) about how that's my good day um sorry mom and so yeah i think we have daniel and Daniel is now nine, nine years old. We have Poppy, and she is five. five, and we have Jovi, who is eighteen months. Um, and then we also have in between them, three babies that are in heaven. Um. Yeah, that we lost sadly. That we lost and and love. Um, and so we really have loved and supported each other through that. And again, I think that would be a whole other podcast, but, um. We've just, you are, you just see each other in your most vulnerable and brokenness and to love each other through that does pull you closer than, than just the fun days, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and then we've, yeah, like I say, moved and had job changes. And so, Loz, you work for?
1: Tear Fund, <clears throat> which is an organisation I love and I work in fundraising, which again is something I'm really passionate about.
0: And I moved from working in prisons to being a mum to being a church leader. I led a church called Ivy Shaston and absolutely loved that time. Um, felt really cool to lead that church at that time because I loved those people. Um, and then COVID happened and we had another baby and then different things came out, um, came to the surface more with um one of our children and that they have um more complex needs and so through that now my role is that I am mummy and full-time carer and And
1: podcaster
0: and now sideline podcast extraordinaire (laughs) um and yeah so I'm at home and still feel like I need a holiday (laughs) um you're
1: rocking it though. you're doing a great job
0: thank you
1: yeah, looking after us all.
0: And I'm learning a lot through that as well. And I think, again, it's just how we support each other in different times. You've had times where you've been at home and, yeah, you know...
1: Yeah, I stepped back from a job so that you could carry on with church. Mm-hmm. And I became primary carer for Poppy and set up a side business kind of thing. And So we've... we've,
0: we've And that's, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean is my good is that we are a team and not just in how people say, like, we're a team. We genuinely are. It's a not partnership been, and,
1: it, and it's not been one-sided it's not like being like you're having to sacrifice your career yeah. for me or like we've we've done that we've for both, each other yeah
0: we balanced it at different times and and just let God lead us through that as well and he's yeah. been so kind and I think both of yeah. us would 100% give our love and our marriage and our um joy in this to yeah. just Jesus and how much he has brought the right people alongside us to support us at the right time and brought
1: friends when we've not felt like we've got friends and
0: (laughs) 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 we've really had those times (laughs) (laughs) we have each other but we have no one else and then yeah and then now we love where we're living and we love again being in another time of just saying god what do you want to do with us and what what are you saying in this season in this time of having young kids and school and everything and so it is it's that's my good thing is us being friends
1: yeah i always say yeah you are my best friend and yeah so i don't know what to add to that because that is you've you've explained it perfectly so for me good day is i guess seeing um just how god has provided for us throughout our marriage and you know in really concrete ways um, and in just everyday ways but in terms of for example our like our housing so you know we we were able to buy a small new build house um, when we first got married because in East Manchester because someone from church lent us part of the deposit uh, which was amazing Um, and then someone else randomly a couple of years later just made an anonymous gift to us through the church, which meant that we could pay that off. And so that was incredible. And then our second house was owned by a Christian lady and she amazingly just wanted to sell it to us, was willing to sell it to us for an amount that she'd prayed about. And then I...
0: Well, she also, we didn't know, but that whole thing was amazing in that God just said to us... We didn't know where we should live and what we should do. And God just said, put church first. And then through starting at church at Ivy Shaston, and just going along to that church at first, before I was leading it or doing anything, was that this amazing godly woman, um, we knocked on our door and, and we'd kind of known that she was maybe thinking to sell. And then we chatted to her and then we knew that we didn't have anything near what, she would need for the house so we were just kind of looking and then she said that she had actually afterwards she told us that she'd had a dream of us and our family in that house um which was amazing and so you want to
1: say yeah so she said come back work out how much you can afford and i'll pray about an amount and those two amounts align perfectly when we met up so just amazing. So that was such a great provision and great community there. You it know, was the
0: exact number. That we it was
1: us. yeah. It was the exact amount of what we could afford, and it was a step up for us from where we were. But on like two small salaries, it was yeah, just amazing. And like as we talked about earlier, at one point when Hannah went back from maternity leave to lead uh, our church. I felt like, again, we should be putting church first and that she should put that first. And I st- stepped back from my job, which was actually, I was the, I guess, breadwinner at that point. Um, and that was, you know, more difficult on a number of levels than I thought it was going to be. But again, financially, we were kind of stepping into the unknown. We were stepping into uncertainty, but God massively provided. And it was in that time when I was looking after my daughter Poppy most of the time which was just precious time that I'll never regret that I took that opportunity to spend time with her when she was so little but like God really talked to me about being a good steward of what we had and and through the parable of the talents I was like okay well what do we have here and at that point we we had a basement double chamber basement um that we ended up renovating and tanking out and turning into two living spaces and a bathroom. And it just really added to the value of the property. So uh, we always knew we wanted to move somewhere with a bit more outdoor space. And so that just enabled us to find somewhere uh, where, near where we live in Romley, And and it was just, there were so many words about, you know, uh, he was we're moving into a season where God was kind of uh, giving us a, a wide and open space and that, anyone that's been to our house like that's what it is here there is a wide and open space you know and so it's just yeah I think for me that just God's provision along the way and I think that's come from being obedient
0: and then now again in me not working and we really didn't know with that it wasn't like we had all our ducks in a row and then said okay well Hannah can stop working at Ivy it was that we absolutely didn't and you can't, we couldn't apply for certain things like carer's allowance or whatever until you don't have a wage, so you had to make the decision based on not knowing if we will get anything (laughs) to help and support and yet just knowing that that's what God was saying for this time was I need to be at home, I need to be caring um, for our kids and able to do all the extra appointments and things that are needed.
1: But I think because we would learned along the way that God is a good God and he will provide for us and so we we did make that step but with more confidence and trusting and believing that he would provide for and he has and it's been amazing. So yeah.
0: Yeah. He provides. And so we do um just want to encourage you with that as well that if you're listening to this and thinking that God is calling you to do something, honestly, the thing that I have felt through my whole life, that I'm sure you'll hear on future podcasts and things I'm doing, is just to be obedient to him, and to step into what he has said, and and he provides, and he equips, and he helps, and he will will never let you fall, and um, yeah, we have seen the faithfulness of God. I've no idea if it's all right to end a podcast with prayer, but you've listened this long. Why not let us pray for you now? God, I thank you that you have been with us in this conversation and that you're always with us. Lord, I thank you that we have been able to celebrate your faithfulness and your goodness to us. And even just chatting about our lives, again, just reminds us of your faithfulness to us and Lord I just pray for anyone that's listening right now that they would know you're faithful, that they would trust that you are provider and for anyone who doesn't know you at all Lord that they would find you. I thank you Lord that you love each and every one of us and I just pray Lord for any area of conflict that you would bring peace, for any area of struggle that you would show that you provide, for any area that we have loss and grief and any of those situations Lord I thank you that you have shown us that you walk with us through absolutely everything in our lives
1: yeah Lord God I just pray for anyone who's listening um I guess who has been I don't know inspired or challenged by anything we've shared but Lord ultimately we recognize you're the one that underpins our marriage you're the one that underpins you know our financial situation everything that you're calling us to do and Lord I just pray your blessing on each and every person um that they would be able to turn to you more readily and just be able to um yeah be obedient to when you're speaking and um even though that can be so hard sometimes Lord and making the hard decision can sometimes just feel like not logical or right in the world's eyes but actually Lord our lives are a testimony of where we followed you um, even into difficult situations and financial situations you've always been there you've always been there to catch us you've always been there to guide us and I believe that for everyone on this call as well and so Lord I just pray you would surround each person and bless them um, with your peace and with your joy and would they just be pushing into an intimate relationship with you so that they can just hear your voice more and more in your name Jesus I pray amen
0: this has been the Good Day, Bad Day podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, Maybe like and share, that seems to be what people say. Um, Or do whatever you want. Let us know if you've had a listen and what has encouraged you. And we pray a blessing on you today. Thank you. Bye.